At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Number six in the most controversial moments in sports history, the 1981 underarm cricket incident. Still gets me mad. <laughs> Still gets me mad. You familiar with this one? No, okay. I mean, who's not familiar with the 1981 underarm cricket incident? <laughs> ah. Okay, and yes, this is a football podcast. Chris Sims on Button. What up, my man Ahmed Farid is here. Uh, How are you doing? Everything good? good? I don't know if I said it right there. You got it. Okay, good. I'm still self-conscious about it, all right, Uh, for one. But this is a little thing we did. You can check this out uh, on YouTube slash NBC Sports. We did tops top controversies in sports in lieu uh, yeah. of the Kentucky Derby last weekend. And one of the top nine sports controversies in the history of sports was the underarmed cricket incident of 1981. And let yeah. me tell you, if you don't know a lot about this, then you're not a sports man. So, so we had some fun with that. I don't know how the hell that even made the list, yeah. but it made the you list. You were not on board with that. But I'm telling you, if you go back and look at it, New Zealand, Australia, some guy bolted under. Who underarmed it? Was it uh, Australia? Australia? Yeah. Australian it makes me think player. different of Australians altogether now. <laughs> all because of that. Yeah. How could they do that? You'll underarm and don't let the team score. That's just not fair. You got to check it out. That's over on, on our YouTube uh, yep. account. Also, you yeah. some throwing motions are on the YouTube account. Yeah, do, doing stuff. Hey, the fans had asked because I did a, a little thing on social a few weeks ago about different quarterbacks, how they grip the football. I didn't do Tom Brady, which was absolutely stupid of me not to do <laughs> Tom Brady. Uh, and people People, of course, were asking about that. So we got in, and if you go on uh, YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash NBC Sports, or even some of my social stuff, yep. you'll see the Brady grip stuff. But this is something I'm going to continue to try to do here throughout the offseason. There's not a lot of news and stuff. I'm going to get into you know, some unique quarterback-type videos, certain mechanics that jump out to me are flaws, good things, bad things, or just weird quirks quarterbacks have in general. So that's something to watch out for. Um, don't forget our new schedule. That's for all the listeners out there from here on out. It's Tuesday, Thursday podcast. It's the off-season schedule. It's official. Yeah. Tuesday from here until week one or maybe Yeah, maybe camp. right around training camp until yeah. when, it, you know, football gets real again to where we go, okay, there is plenty to talk about and we need the extra podcast day. And then we do have my my father later, Big oh. Phil, a.k.a. Big Fuckers, coming on today. Nice. This is a Thursday podcast. I know that. So to warn everybody out there, he is going to be part of the Tuesday podcast going for, uh, going ahead, yeah. forward yeah. is forward. the word I was looking for. <laughs> um, but, yes, he'll be a Tuesday podcast, yeah. usual guest there. Had to do it on Thursday this week because he had some scheduling conflicts. So I think that hits it all. So and we'll now talk, we're getting to the people. We'll talk to, him, we'll talk to him, and he'll be part of today's podcast, which is all about – 
the listeners and the viewers and yeah. questions. A- ask me anything. You, yeah. You, have you done those before? I have done them. We've I done do. mailbag where they ask, a, but right. this is like anything. Yeah, this is anything. And I nothing, welcome. I love nothing. nothing. I, oh, come on. I mean, I'm, we're not Chris Sims unbuttoned because we, we don't ask anything. Whoa, there goes my oh, mic. Yeah. Oh, peel back the curtain. You know what? <laughs> This thing isn't How real can we hear you? How can we still hear you right oh, now? Oh, I don't know. It's what magic. What's going on? Oh, okay, yeah. I love it. Actually, I love that this go. went down. Right there. Just keep it's it It's actually right really now, fitting I, to me. Okay. I can hear you again. Good. Uh, before we get into the AMA real quick, yeah. uh, there is some news, and we're going to point one out because you called this. You're uh, Nostra Simsis. Oh, thank you. The Zig- Oracle. Ziggy Ansa yeah. to the Seahawks. Yeah. That's a deal. Yeah. I mean, it, this is not some special proclamation by me before we start patting me on the back too much here. Uh, this was a team that was rumored in the running all along. I just thought it made a lot of sense. You know, uh, the, the Seattle Seahawks, come on, they're a defensive-oriented team. Pete Carroll's an ex-defensive coordinator. That's what they're all about. They've always been about waves of defensive linemen coming after you. That's what's made the Seahawks so dangerous. So always thought they were in the market for this position. They had a little money to spend. I thought it would be between, you know, them, the Buffalo Bills. I wondered if the Oakland Raiders or even the Indianapolis Colts, who have extra money to throw around, might get involved in the conversation. Uh, But not shocked he took the Seahawks. If I was Anza, it would have been the Seahawks or the Bills. I think that would have set him up for, you know, a big payday later on because those defenses are very good. He's not going to get double teamed or get shown extra attention all the time. I'll say this one thing that just just jumps out to me about the curiosity of this. You know, I talked to a lot of people about this guy uh, throughout the offseason. He's a phenomenal football player, but he has been banged up two out of the last four years. And most teams I talked to or people I talked to, it sounded like it was going to be more of we're going to bring him in around the start of training camp, reevaluate the shoulder, see where he is at that point, and then we'll try to make a play for him or an offer or whatever it may be. So I guess I was a little surprised that Seattle made the aggressive play for him right now, but it was obviously the player they wanted. Yeah. And I don't know, if I had to connect dots or think of what happened there, I would think they probably got scared of some of the other teams who might be in pursuit who have more salary cap space than they do. And they maybe were scared if it came down to early August and all of a sudden three teams need to bid for Ezekiel Anza to be a starting defense end, that they might get outbid by one of these teams who have a ton of money left over. That would be my only two cents as far as why it happened right now instead of waiting to see where the shoulder is. Sometimes you have to deal with uncertainty because once there's more certainty, then all of a sudden other teams are like, oh, okay, he's healthy, good. We'll make a run run Why wouldn't we take him? Exactly right. You think he makes them significantly better if healthy? I do, yeah. I mean, he's, dude, uh, Ahmed, he is, he's a baller when he's healthy. I mean, he's the type of talent that, you know, can be in that conversation for leading the league in sacks, but even more than what he does in the pass rush, he's really a complete defense end. He's awesome against the run, too. Uh, so that's where teams love him. There's no weakness to his game. You don't have to formulate certain things on the defensive run game because you go, oh, well, he's not good at stopping right. these run plays. we got to find other ways to help him there. You don't have to worry about that with Nanza. I'm bummed. Yeah. Lions fan. Grew up in Michigan. Yeah, so no. Yeah, good. it's a shame. But, you know, I understand them having to move on, too. It just it's, it was They can't pay him everything. They've beefed up. Yeah. They've beefed up on the Yeah, you got Trey Flowers, too. Uh, real quick, before we get into the AMA as well, Champions League, you're a soccer guy. I right? do. I you're, pay attention a little bit, definitely. Liverpool in the Champions League final. Right. Right. Big uh, comeback uh, versus Barcelona. Tottenham. Amazing. Uh, Lucas Moura with the hat trick. Last one scored in uh, extra time against Ajax. Yeah. So they're into the 
They're into the Champions League final, so good stories for both those uh, really English cool. teams in the Premier League as well. Yep. Um, and Steve Nash, who does the broadcast for Bleacher Report, right? He is a Tottenham fan. Yeah. And was so uh, so affected by the outcome. Yeah. Of the Tottenham win, he cried. Yeah. He kind of choked up on the broadcast. Yeah, I, I saw the little clip of that. I mean, uh, that's that's uh, it's funny. I mean, I, it's funny. I don't know if it's funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm a guy that gets emotional like that. I was so going to ask you that. I, I can get there or I can put myself in his shoes as far as, you know, things to cry at or shed a tear. When's the last sporting event? What was the last sporting event that you cried watching? Ooh, the what, last sporting event I cried. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. The Super Bowl every year gets me close to crying, especially. Really? At, yes, it does. Because football's over. You're like, no. Well, why? I am sad. No, I think it's about, gosh. Look at these guys living out their dreams yeah. right here, playing in the Super Bowl. This is amazing. You know, every year they show guys like it's why the national anthem's going on and the tears coming out. And I, I always get emotional then hmm. because I can, I that was a dream of mine to play in a Super Bowl. So I always like, man, what is it like sitting there right then? But I'm always happy to see people fulfill their lifelong dreams or whatever it is. So I get emotional with that. Dude, I don't know what happened to me. Like 32, 33 years old. I became like emotional dad, where anytime a movie that even like has any soft spot to it, yeah, I you feel it. I break out in tears, or I have to fight it back. I don't know what the hell happened to me, but it's happened, and I'm that guy now. Like kids, honestly, I've got a four-year-old and a yeah. three-year-old. Kids movies will do that. Kids movies are are designed to do that. I think to the parents. Oh, get us a little choked up. Like I saw what yes. Coco. Coco was Co a. That's an emotion. Did you see that I don't movie? think I saw Coco, but d d you don't have to explain yourself to me. It's emotional. I, yeah. I mean, Inside it, Out is another one. That I, was, without a doubt. Inside Out. I mean, we were just talking about a few. I mean, there's there's a lot where it get me. I mean, the one that I get made fun of by the most for my friends. I yeah. mean, all right, first of all, um, Field of Dreams at the end. Well, that one. I know. That one I don't get made fun of. No, I'm going to cry right. every time. I mean, Dad, do you want to have a catch? What? Right. Oh, gosh. That's, oh, God. <laughs> right. How do you not? You can't right? not in with his dad. If you don't cry, you're, you're dead inside. Yeah. Right. Armageddon gets me. That's the one that gets really? my, my friends like to bust me on that <laughs> all the time. Because when, when they get off the spaceship yeah. and the one guy goes over uh, to the daughter, may I have permission to shake the hand of the daughter of the bravest man I ever met, I lose it every time. I can see that, though. I don't, okay, think, you're I don't think you're alone. I don't know. A lot of people make fun of me for that one. I don't know why. Interesting. But, That's yeah. okay. You're in touch with, uh, with your emotions. I guess I am. Um, should we get into it? The Let's AMA at this at this moment. You okay, know I it. think we have twenty-seven. We got Annie on the jib. We have what twenty-seven up, questions. Shake it, with, say hey, with say Annie yes, on the jib. up and down. Yeah. Oh, um, it was a weak shake today, but good job. <laughs> the first one, if you're if you're watching on YouTube, you get to see that shake. Yeah. Uh, the first one comes from the Derek Quinn. What's with the hate on the Rams? Uh, yeah, they had that bad Super Bowl, but you and Florio seem really down on them for one. Game and, yeah. and and Sean McVay did come out recently and say that he maybe he watched too much right. game tape and he was over prepared for the whole thing. But why you why are you down on him somewhat? Why are you down on Goff who yep. played well in the NFC Championship? Yep, he why, did. Why are you down on them? You somewhat? know, I, I mean, listen, I for for you know generally, I've probably been a guy that's been down on Goff from get go. I mean, there's definitely been good and hey, he's proven he can win some big time football games. Played really good in the NFC Championship game. I get that. Do I have questions about him ever being a top 10 quarterback in football? That Yes, I do. And I don't think those things have been answered yet. You know, I don't look at it as I'm hating on the Rams. I really like the Rams. I like Sean McVay. 
I like Jared Goff, the guy and the person, too. And there's mm -hmm. things he does that I go, oh, wow, he's, he's got a chance to be something special in the NFL. There's a lot of things I like. My, my hate, per se, about the Rams is not necessarily about, you know, hating on them or saying they're not a good football team. I just go, gosh, history tells us it's hard to replicate two Super Bowl wins in a, or two Super Bowl runs in a, in a row, yeah. let alone the team that comes off the losing side of the Super Bowl. You know, you don't see very losing Super Bowl teams come back and be back in that game very often, right? I mean, here in recent history, I'm just trying to go off the top of my head right now. I have no preparation for this, but the Patriots are the only team I can think about in the last 10 to 15 years sure. who went back-to-back -back after losing the first one and then coming back and actually winning the second one, right? Am I am I right about that? Or did, they did it three years ago. They won, they lost, and then they won. So that's unbelievable that they yeah. did that. But, but yeah, you're right, you're right. I'm you just don't playing often that. see the team, you know, Buffalo Bills back in the day when they kept going to the Super Bowl. Yes, but, it's very but, rare. So that was correct. that's really my – I'm just playing the law of averages. That's why I'm down. I know they're talented. You're it's a down shorter off getting season. back to the point where they were last right. year. You, I expect like the them team. to be in the playoffs. Yeah. I think the NFC West is going to be better too. The 49ers, you know, my buddy Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, I do. I think that team is, you know, on the verge of being that playoff caliber football team. And I think the Seahawks got better too. So I think those are the reasons I just don't necessarily put the stamp on the Rams and go, you're yeah. going back to the Super Bowl. You're the best team in the NFC. I think that's fair. Okay, thank you. Uh, Capsy91. What up, Capsy91? If you could create the perfect pass rusher, what would he look like? Ooh. What is the ideal size, skill set, in your opinion? Is right. there a perfect size, or do you just max out all the Madden ratings like uh, uh, Calais Campbell? <laughs> make the perfect guy, strongest, fastest guy, yeah, biggest guy ever. I get that, but even Calais Campbell's got some issues rushing the passer. You know, he doesn't have great bend coming around the edge if he was a defensive end or uh, having to do that, you know, kind of the stuff we talked about in the draft process, being able to, you know, dip that inside shoulder and really turn the corner while you're in that position also with having a 315-pound guy push you at the same time. I mean, that's phenomenal skill or, or talent level there. Okay, here. Height. Height. You know, well, yeah. I mean, he's very – he's 6'8", Calais Campbell. Would but you go your ideal your, – your, you can choose whatever one. Yeah. Every ability. 6'3". 6'3". 6'3". Okay. okay. Um, I would go about 6'3". Ideally, I think my perfect pass rusher, I'd want him around this day – 268, 270 pounds, okay. somewhere in that range, okay? And I really want a body that's similar to a Lawrence Taylor or a Khalil Mack, which is, you know, me. I mean, ass and legs, okay? Yep. They got to have a set on them, Bill. Powerful there. base. Powerful base for explosion first step, okay? Being able to go speed to power. Oh, gosh, I'm not going to be able to turn the corner. Let me put my foot in the ground. Let me just put my hands into this offensive tackle's chest and drive him back into the quarterback. You know, those are the two things I look at more than not. But, you know, I think if I had to do a player comparison about how I would want my guys to look, Khalil Mack is the guy that jumps to my mind. As yeah. far as a pa perfect pass rusher, maybe a little bit more length and size than Khalil Mack if I was going to be ideal Madden perfect player type of thing with maybe a little bit of a longer arm length, like 34 and a half mm -hmm. inch length arm, something like that. But generally speaking, it is the Khalil Mack mold, I think, that I would look for. They both hit Lawrence Taylor, Khalil Mack, your perfect height. Okay. So they're both 6'3". Right. So you right. nailed that. Yes, right. You said 270 playing now. Yeah. They're a little lighter. Khalil than Mack is 250. 
250. Right. Lawrence Taylor played at 235. Yeah, that's when he came out in the draft. But I know that wasn't very yeah. long because yeah. I mean, my, we could ask my dad when he's on later. My dad says he's he saw Lawrence run four or five on grass at 253. So wow. yeah, so <laughs> you know th- that was uh, I think you know college skinny Lawrence Taylor. It only took him like five meals to get up to 250. So I don't <laughs> think it was much. But yeah, generally there. Like I thought about Reggie yeah. White. Reggie yeah. White is different kind of rush defensive end. He's not necessarily your speed guy. He's almost like a defensive tackle slash defensive end. But, yeah, he wasn't overly tall. I would say he was around 6'4 and a half, 6'5. But he was a 290. Six, That's five, what's amazing about Reggie White. I mean, Reggie White's special. He's ahead of his time and, and maybe had, even ahead Andy, of his time now. And he had that club oh. for, for like six games. That's another one we could ask my dad. I mean, because there's nobody he sacked more than Phil Simms. Really? Reggie White sacked Phil Sims more than anybody. Couldn't have been a pleasant experience. Uh, no, it was not. Um, kind of related. This is from Taryn Caravella. What up, Taryn? Would you rather have a fantastic pass rush but below average cover unit or fantastic coverage unit but a below average pass rush? Pass rush. Oh, that is a very good question. That's tough, right? Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, both, of course. Neither. You go neither. Yeah, I know. Both are extremely important. Um, you know, I, oof, gosh, that is. What could you get by with? What, I, what could you win more games with? I, you know, honestly, I think if you gave me either one right now, I might, I might go with the better pass coverage guy oh, than really? the pass rush. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the first thing that comes to my mind. You know, the team that led the NFL in sacks this year was the 31st defense in football. That was the Kansas City Chiefs. Tell me how that pass rush worked, okay? Yeah. You know, your pass rush just can't get home all game long. You know, and it's not, especially as the game goes on, those guys get tired. There's only so many times you can just all out sprint 100 miles per hour, push a 320-pound guy around, mm. and just think that intensity is going to last, game, you know, you know, 70th play of the game. It's still going to be there. You think you can sustain pass coverage throughout a whole game where maybe you can't sustain that? I do, time. and I think you can, for the pass rush, too, you can find ways to manipulate the pass rush, too, to go, okay, we're not that talented, but we can run some stunts up front, some certain creative blitzes to make up for the lack that we don't have the great pass rush. Uh, and when you have a great secondary, you can take chances on some of those blitzes and things there. You know, I don't know if I would have answered this question the same way three or four years ago, but I think the last few years with what I've seen from New England and teams like Jacksonville, just to see how coverage is on the back end, it's very important. Um, and the difference between the best pass rushing teams in football and just the middle of the pack is just not that great to me to where, yeah, I favor the, uh, the coverage guys more. Interesting. Yeah. I would not have. I know. I did not think I was going to go there either way. That was a really good question. Uh, question from Ira Faznarmi. This is back on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Top five route runners in the league right now. So who would you put in your top five? Mm, okay. It's your Mount Rushmore plus one. My Mount Rushmore plus one. Mount Rushmore's. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's see how I'd go here. The, the the two guys jump out to me right away with route running. Okay. One is Keenan Allen for the Los Angeles Chargers. Phenomenal route runner. I mean, that's where he's made his money. He's not going to beat people with speed and things like that. It's his ability to to lean and bend and be able to stick his foot in the ground and just come out of a break and not lose any speed. So Keenan Allen, Julian Edelman for the New England Patriots. I mean, off the charts good. I mean, Julian Edelman – Again, if you saw him in person, he's so much quicker in person than, you, than TV gives him credit for. So I'd go him there. Antonio Brown for the Oakland Raiders. Antonio Brown, yeah, I mean, he's the man, but he's the man because he can run any route underneath the sun and run it at a very high level. Odell Beckham Jr. 
I'm going to put in the top route running conversation. That's why Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. are so awesome. Because not only do they have this freakish physical ability as far as speed and ability to jump up and mm-hmm. catch 50-50 balls, but their, their route running is of a guy who's like a well-schooled, I'm not that talented, I need to perfect every route I run. Right. They can do all of those type of things. So I look at those two and just go, damn, I don't care that they're superstars and everybody thinks they might be in this answer. They are worthy of being in this answer. So those two are amazing. And then I think if I had to go with a fifth, and there's, there's a few names that have come to my mind. Stephon Diggs, Thielen. This is it. It comes out. And, DeAndre and Hopkins. It, it's the two Minnesota guys and Brandon Cooks out with the L.A. Rams. Oh. That would be the three. So if you maybe have a top five, it's down to those last three for one of those spots. Okay. And, mm, my gosh. Uh, I think I'd go with Brandon Cooks, but it's a really close one. That's no disrespect to my man Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen because they are awesome route runners as well. Cooks is special, though. Cooks can do everything. Uh, and because he's a little bit of a smaller guy, is able to redirect out of some of those change in direction routes maybe better than a guy like Thielen or Diggs. And do you have a clear number one, or are they all pretty close? Gosh, it's all pretty close. I, I guess if I had to give a guy – I think Keenan Allen's route running is pretty special. Okay. I do, yes. I think I would, I would give him one. But, damn, it's, it's close because all those guys have a lot of the similar attributes. Conley Rose, yeah. talking about quarterbacks here. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers. Am I crazy to think that they will all throw for over 4,000 yards and all finish in the top 10 in MVP voting this year? Okay. I don't think you're crazy with Roethlisberger or Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very real possibility. I mean, I would almost guarantee that Big Ben throws for over 4,000 yards. He might get close to 5,000 again. If he can stay healthy. Yeah, if he can stay healthy, right. Aaron Rodgers, I do think you're going to see a jump in stats this year because, one, I think he's got better offensive minds around him. There's going to be some creativity in the offense. I think you might actually see a run game in Green Bay for the first time in about nine years. So I think that will help his bottom line stats at the end of the day. Now, Joe Flacco's the one I'll say I'm going to throw caution into the wind there Um, I still believe in Joe Flacco they got some new pieces in the offensive line it's a new offensive coordinator all things I like but I don't know if I'm going to sit here and just go oh he's throwing for 4,000 yards because of that Uh, and I don't know if they have enough talent in the pass game or people around him yet you know Emmanuel Sanders health and where he's at coming off of the torn Achilles at wide receiver that's going to be paramount to Joe Flacco's stats and some of the offensive explosive plays that come in the passing game. So I'll say no on Flacco, but the other two I'll say uh, spot on. I like Is it. Is Joe Flacco the starter? Yeah, I think he will be. I do. All I do. Think. I think I think for the majority of this year he will. Unless it just totally fell apart and all of a sudden they're 2 and 8 or they're like 2 and 6, 2 and 7, then but I don't expect that happening because I think Denver's defense is still pretty real and I think Elway did a pretty good job of kind of reconfiguring that offensive line and, and and getting a good OC and a good coaching staff in there. Okay. This one is from a role and this is where the the AMA comes in. This is ask me anything and so sometimes there it's uncomfortable. Some of the questions can be uncomfortable. Not for me. Nothing's uncomfortable for me. It doesn't. But once you throw an interception or a pick <laughs> six in front of 70,000 people, there's very few things that can embarrass me or make me feel uncomfortable. Are you familiar with the game F, Mary, Kill? That, that game where you can, you can kill one person, you marry one person. Oh, right. And then you, and then you I F got you. the yes. other person. Yes. You F them? 
Yes. Can you say the word or no? no? I cannot. You no, can't say I, that. No, it's not in your broadcasting journalism it's school. Not in, it's not in my no, fornication under account. consent of King. <laughs> yeah, I can't. That go. word. Uh, Tom Brady, Odell Beckham, Aaron Rodgers. Wow, interesting. That's very tough. All right. So wait, it's marry. Explain this to me. Marry, kill. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot to it. Or or f. Or f them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. So I am. Um, yeah, I am venturing down that <laughs> lane here today. It's an AMA. They ask it. We had, ask we had me to do anything. It. We had to do it. Okay. So. And it can be just you respect them that much that you know that you that, that you, I want to have sleep with them and have sex with them. It doesn't need to I be. I respect this guy spirals so much. I want to get in bed with him and spoon him and just have fun. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't uh, need to be necessarily you know sexual. It can just be you know you respect him that much. Gosh. Okay. Mary. <laughs> we should have skipped this. This one. is this is a tough one. I'm really flustered actually. I Maybe do. I'll take that back. I can be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Who am I going to marry at a Brady? Yeah. Rogers. And Odell Beckham <laughs> yeah. Jr. Oh my gosh, I don't even know where to go with this. Right? I think I'm going to marry. I'm going to marry Tom Brady. Save this for your dad. Don't say this is my dad. He won't even know how to answer. I'm going to marry Tom Brady. Okay, you marry. He's marry? handsome. <laughs> he's rich. You know, he seems to be worldly. Yeah. I feel like I could get along with him. He's going to be then because he's marrying me. He's divorcing Giselle, so he's got extra money, right? <laughs> so I'm living the life. I'm yeah. marrying. I'm marrying Tom. That's good. Okay. Um, now to murder. <laughs> Why would you want to? Do I don't want to murder any of these. I know, right? Yeah. I, I don't know if I can kill A. Rod or Odell Beckham. Yeah, why Jr. would you want to do that? But Gosh. maybe, oh, maybe because you you've met DeAndre Hopkins so much uh, lately, and you have that respect for him, that that would be the only way to get him to elevate to the top receiver in the game is if Odell Beckham was no longer around. Gosh, I gave you an out right there if you just wanted to. Uh, no, there is no out here. There's no <laughs> way to do this. I'm actually thinking of maybe I shouldn't marry. Maybe I should have killed Brady instead of married him. Okay, I don't know where can, to you go. You can switch it. You can switch it. I don't. But I don't really. Want want to kill him either i think he's a smart marrying choice on this one Uh, all right all right so i'm i'm gonna go with um uh uh i'm gonna go kill aaron Rodgers. okay and i'm gonna apparently uh sleep with odell beckham jr (laughs) okay Okay? that's that's where i'm going here we have it on record you know i we could i i I killed aaron Rodgers because of my lust for him is so great I just love him so much that you it's hurt like the a, ones you it love was a jealousy most. murder. Yes. I was like, you're so great and awesome. I have to kill you. And <laughs> Odell's cool and he's got style. And I don't even know. I can't believe I'm talking about this. But I take <laughs> I take this back. I can be embarrassed. Yeah, we won't. Yeah, that one was it. Okay, we'll ask your dad that one too. Okay, uh, draft <laughs> room pod. Yeah. Um, this one we get back on track. We get back. <laughs> There's no getting back on track. I'm still thinking this in my head. I'm scarred. Can you break down the Mike Leach air raid? This seems so, so tame. Followed by <laughs> murder, kill, and fuck. Now we go to the air raid. Can we, we break it down, do some X's and O's. Uh, okay, can you break down the Mike Leach air raid? And if you see Cliff being able to make it work with the talent that he has. Yeah, uh, I do think Cliff will be able to make it work, first of all. I mean, I just think Cliff is, um, he's been around enough and, had enough of time in the NFL to understand that game, I think, where he can bring different aspects to the air raid offense. The air raid offense, if I could break it down, 
you know, a lot like the run and shoot was back in the day. It's about shotgun. It's about attacking you a million different ways just through the pass game. There's no run game involved. Really, the run game is created through the short passing game and wide receiver screens and that. And the air raid is, of course, about being aggressive on offense in general. I mean, gosh, Leach, when I was in college and he was at Texas Tech with Cliff Kingsbury and Wes Welker, I mean, fourth down, it didn't matter if it was fourth or first down. I don't think it changed his thought process. He was going to be aggressive. He was going to continue to push forward with passing the ball and find unique concepts there. But I think generally that's how I kind of look at the air raid offense and a passing offense that has a little bit of everything um, and then has, uh, you know, the ability to go quick and put pressure on you with its pace and then the ability to, you know, replicate the run game through screen games in the pass game is really kind of the beauty of the air raid offense, I guess, if I had to sum it up. So do you need – is it better to have the slot type, the Julian Edelman? Got to have Shifty. Him. I mean, how does Larry Fitzgerald fit into to that whole mix? Yeah, no. Larry Fitzgerald, I think, can do some of that. Um and he will be asked to do some of that. But I think that's a big reason you saw them draft the kid, the kid Danny uh, and, Andy Isabella from Massachusetts. Sure. He is a guy that is like a Wes Welker, a Julian Edelman, um, really fast, really quick. And I think he will be a guy that certainly has a huge role as far as the little jerk option routes. Their second-round pick last year, Christian Kirk out of Texas A&M, he's a similar guy too who can do some of that stuff. So I think they have a multitude of guys that can fill that role, which is always a good thing because then you can't peg one one of them for that specific role. Okay. Victorcy. Victorcy. What up, Victorcy? Um, we, we all know that quarterbacks, you got to be smart to be yeah. a quarterback. You got to yeah. be football smart football to be smart. quarterback. Right. Victorcy asks, who is the dumbest great quarterback of all time? Ooh. So who, who, you know, wasn't maybe as bright as the other quarterbacks out there. Football savant, but maybe wasn't uh, – I mean, the sharpest tool in the shed. Okay, yeah, that, that's that's a good one. Um, dumbest great quarterback of all time. I want to put Phil Sims up there in that category. Okay, uh, he he might be in the running there. Um, let me just think about some other ones. Just great quarterbacks of all time. You know, Vinny Testaverde. I'll yeah, throw him at there. Sure. Had a little bit of a meat-headedness to him a little bit. Uh, had a reputation for throwing dumb interceptions, yep. especially early on in his career. Oh. So I would throw him in that probably that mix, okay? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, Dan Marino, I know he didn't kill the, the wonder lick. Mm-hmm. But, again, that's where, like, brains and quarterbacks, I, I do think it's overrated a little bit. You know, as long as you're not like, you know, scoring 700 on your SATs or 600 sure. or or a single-digit wonderlick test score. Right. I mean, anything really above 15 at quarterback position, I think a lot of teams would be like, okay, that's good. If he shows that he has got good football IQ, that's good good enough there. Well, look um, at Fitzpatrick, so, right? A Harvard guy, probably one of the smartest guys in the NFL, still makes some plays that you you scratch your head. I mean, wow. throw has thrown some of the dumbest interceptions in football over the last five years. Exactly right. That was a great example by you. No, thank you. Uh, I, I think that's exactly right. So you're right. It doesn't always mean about your yeah your college education or you scored a 40 on the Wonderlic. Great. Yeah. I could show you a lot of really smart quarterbacks who've thrown a lot of really dumb interceptions. So those would be ones that okay. jump out to me. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, hey, the way that's Big good. Ben handles himself sometimes, too, yeah. I would say he might be in that category, too. <laughs> yeah. He's not, not dumb yeah. on the field again, but he's sure. done some dumb crap and said some Could dumb crap. Could be a crap. Hall of Famer. Could be a Hall of Famer, but. I mean, uh, Antonio's got to run. F- mm-hmm. 
Oh, hey! So now, right in the middle of our AMA, we, we have our special guest. Uh, speaking of dumb, great quarterbacks, here's my father. <laughs> hey, Dad. Oh, great transition. Thank you, son. Great to talk to you. You're no, such a good person. I'm doing, I'm doing like, uh, we're doing Ask Me Anything. So, you right. know, the, the fans can ask you whatever they want. And they asked me who was, you know, some of the dumbest, great quarterbacks of all time. Okay. So, that's, a, that's a question I just would never venture into an answer. <laughs> well, that's why I threw your name in there first just yeah, to, okay that's good to that's good to yeah, lessen listen, the blow um, is i would say and tell you say all the time i threw interceptions and everything and parcel said to me as i walking up the sideline once sims can i ask you a question are you watching the same game i'm watching <laughs> and i would just go okay yeah i know it was dumb and you know as a rookie i would throw just interceptions in the you know between two defenders no chance to throw it and you know of course you're a rookie you get excuses, watching the film. They said, now, why did you make this throw? And I said, because I thought I could get it in there. And they go, okay, they let you go right. because you're a rookie. Right. But after that, of course, that tune changed the second year. Yeah. But so, all right, let me hear a name you've thrown out there. I didn't get to hear the conversation. Uh, I threw you out there. I threw Dan Marino because he didn't have, like, the greatest wonderlick scorer. And, you know, I've tried to qualify all these. that These aren't dumb people. These are just, you know, just because they got a lower wonderlick score doesn't mean they got great football. It doesn't mean they don't have great football IQ and things like that. That's so, right. Uh, I threw him out there. Oh, Big Ben. I threw Big Ben out there just from the sheer fact that Big Ben said and done a lot of dumb crap off the field. <laughs> so he deserves to be in that category. Yeah, but that doesn't make him a dumb quarterback. I know. Uh, it, I, yes, I don't think I, I don't. I know. Well, I threw like, you know, like I said, I threw you. I threw Vinny Testaverde in that category. So, yeah, where they might be perceived as not the smartest guys in the world. Yeah, I don't think any of those guys were dumb quarterbacks, really. Well, okay. <laughs> if they were dumb at quarterback, they were dumb, you know, and they're not one of the greats of all time. Yeah. So then they were just dumb, and then they're just dumb on the field, dumb off the field, and yeah. they're just all around dumb. You know what well, I mean? maybe, maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe off the air I might say a few <laughs> things in private. Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't want to see my name on the back of the post saying so-and-so is dumb-ass quarterback. Yeah, I hear you. And, you know, of course, that would be a question I would never answer in public, <laughs> maybe even in private. But, um, yeah. hey, this is what you guys Your son do. with different standards. Yes. You know, yes, one sir. of the funniest yeah. things ever, and when, what, um, Thomas Henderson, am I right? Said about Terry Bradshaw before they played the Steelers in the Super Bowl, the Cowboys. Okay, yep. Can't and spell he just cat. said, I could spot him as C and an A, and he still couldn't spell cat. <laughs> and, you know, of course, that followed Terry Bradshaw for a while, you know, for only four Super Bowls and MVP, I think, in two of them. Right. And yeah. just, Terry just, hey, look. He's laughing the all the way to the bank. I've ever totally. seen or been around. Right. And he's, I just saw him the other day doing a, a commercial with a bathtub. He's sitting in it playing with rubber ducks and bubbles everywhere. And I just I started laughing going, man, he is just taking this thing to the house. <laughs> oh, it, the brand. It, yeah. it, it's unbelievable. He really has. Well, it's there, no, that, that's, he should be on the list. Terry Bradshaw should be on the list. Yes, again, he was brilliant on the football field, but hey, he's like he's uh, he's like what I would call like a rockhead. He says yeah. dumb things. He says great funny jokes. Uh, it's not an insult. It's just right. to say you're not that is like. Not, no, that is not. You know, yeah. Terry. Of course, uh, I've met him many times over the years. He's awesome. He, he 
he's awesome. And yeah. I, I was once given a speech up in Rochester, New York. This is a true story. Him and I are the two main speakers. He has them build. There's a stage. He wants a little walkway out into the audience, so they built it for him. It was a probably seven, eight hundred people there, and he was supposed to speak for 25 minutes, and I was speaking for 25 minutes. So I'm sitting to the guy that organized it, the president. Terry's up there, his shirt's unbuttoned to his navel, sweating, telling stories. You know, I was under, you know, talking about the sweaty ass of the center, and it's just, it's hilarious. Right. I mean, I'm I, I'm crying, laughing because the stories are hilarious. And the president goes to me, "Are you okay if you don't talk? Because we're way over the time limit for the both of you." I go, "No, I'm good with that." You know, so <laughs> I went up there, got paid, and never said a word. Ah, uh, that's but awesome. Bradshaw was he arguably is one of the best after dinner speakers I've ever heard. So yeah, yeah. there you go. You're right. So he, he, he is. He, he's 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 the dumbest smart son bitch we've ever seen. Okay, <laughs> right. there you go. <laughs> there you go. Good. I like I it. I like okay, that. We've alienated enough enough people here, but we've also complimented them along the way. Here's one I think, Phil, that, that it would be interesting to hear your your take on. This one comes from Hits Josh, and he says, out of the rookie quarterbacks from last year, who do you say see taking the biggest step forward? What are the realistic expectations for these guys in year number two? So you got those rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. Had a lot of them last year. One just got traded in Josh Rosen. Right. right. What do you what do you see from them? How big a step do you see some of them taking okay, in year two? Okay, I mean, that's a really good question. You. you know, I get this a lot. So we want to go to the next step or to the next level? Yeah. Can he raise his game? Can he raise his game? Yeah, yeah we got all this. We got to do it. You know, hey, you know, is he going to is he gonna make that next? Does he have say, it, you know, Dad? Does he have it? <laughs> oh, you know, I just I'm gonna draft him because he has it. I I had a general manager say that once to me on the sideline of a practice, and you know the guy he was talking about, I can't even remember who it was. He was so bad. He was in college as a senior, and I go, what? What? You, you're? Oh, you think he has magic? Is that what? And the general manager kind of I said, I said, man, you know, you can draft a hundred guys like that, and 99 of them are not gonna make it. Make it right. You know, oh, they, he just has a way about winning. And yeah. then I go, well, yeah, he's on the best team in college football. <laughs> it's his teammates, right. yeah. And, right. He had, and he gave me the old, that old thing, magic, and he has it. And I just go, okay, good luck. Yeah. You know, it's just, and, of course, uh, I, for that one, I happen to be right. But who can make the big step this year? Yeah. You know, first off, many things. Baker Mayfield, they, last year, he played a lot of good games, made some mistakes here and there. And we were just – people were excited when they played exciting football and the game was close and they still lost. Yeah. Well, he'll be judged entirely differently this year. If they lose a close game, they're going to go back and look at the mistake or two he made yeah. that cost them the game. Right. So as you've heard me say many times, what, what about second-year quarterbacks? What do we say? Yeah, the honeymoon's over. It's over, baby. Here we go. It, now you're going to be judged differently. We're going to talk about them differently. High expectations for Baker Mayfield and Cleveland, all those things. But, you know, to answer your question, it would be, I look at it, I would say Josh Allen would is the first one that really jumps out at, at me. And then I think Sam Darnold has a chance to – really improved because he's got a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, and Adam Gase, who really knows how to use the quarterback. 
And even when they're having a bad day, he'll turn it into a pretty good day for you statistically yes. and manage the game for you in a way that it just doesn't put you in harm. Kind of like New England in a way with their quarterbacks, what they've done with Tom Brady over the years. You know, they're smart. They give him a lot of easy throws. Then every once in a while they ask him to, hey, rip one in there for us. You right. know, we need that. So that those two jump out. And, of course, Lamar Jackson needs, I think, to make a really – Yes. Big step forward. Yep. And I think his throwing has got to get a lot better. And, Christopher, we, we, we talked about this. Yeah. He was in college. I thought he was a little slower when I saw him on the NFL field. Right. field. Not just because the players are faster, but I thought he physically was slower. Yeah. And remember this. Quarterbacks will never train as hard as they do in the pros as they did in college. Yeah. Because college, it's get up at five and work out, right. do this, lift weights, run, 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 right. do some more running, let's practice, do the. You know, it's an unbelievable training cycle when you're in college. Yep. You will never repeat that in the pros. So, Lamar Jackson, I think, physically throwing the ball, if they're going to be who they want to be, he's really going to have to make, I think, a big improvement. And Josh Allen. I would just say this. Hey, Josh, what did I tell you when you went to Tampa for your first rookie minicamp? I don't you know. No, I go, said, hey, what? look, son, yeah. you're going to learn to really appreciate a two-yard completion. Yeah, right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, Josh Allen, I'd be just be happy with a 10-yard completion. Right. <laughs> you know, come on. Doesn't always I, have to be a 70-yard bomb. Oh, is my what gosh. You're I yeah. mean, he, he was the greatest downfield incomplete throw I've ever watched. I right. mean, it was like must-watch TV. But he's got to really learn to to go catch a two-yard pass, a three-yard pass, and whatever, be in third and five, third and six, things like that, which they didn't do a very good job of last year for many reasons. Rookie quarterback, new coordinator, yeah. bad offensive line, right. and all those other things. So, you know, that's a little capsule. I'm, I do say this. I'm with you, though. I would have gotten Josh Allen, too, as my number one. But go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, my, my last thing is just, you know, Josh Rosen. Yeah, let's talk about it. That's all I want to ask you about. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Well, people ask me, oh, you know, they, his stock went from wherever it was to like, oh, he's not even worth a second-round pick. I was, you know, I would if I was looking for a quarterback, I wouldn't have hesitated to go get him as a second-round pick. He, you know, he's a great system quarterback. When you watch him with the Arizona Cardinals, I hope he's not in the worst situation this year down in Miami than he was with Arizona. Yeah, there's a lot of issues on that team. You're right. Man, I looked at that offensive line, and I looked, and I just go, wow, this is. But I, I thought for what, just judging him, I thought he did a good job when he had time. He made great throws. Yes. And he's accurate as, it, accurate as can be, throws a great ball. And maybe the best thing that happened to him, he was forced to move around more last year than he ever did in college. Right. Because he played behind the worst offensive line in the NFL. And he moved around more, which, which I think, you know, we talk about it all the time. I think quarterbacks need to do it more in the league. Just real quick sidebar, I made a film for a camp. Yeah. And I'm watching NFL guys, all the good guys. Right. And it was amazing how few throws where they drop back set and throw the ball. Right. It was, I, I, you know, it's just like, damn, is anybody ever just going to drop back and throw an in-cut, an out-cut or whatever? Everything was move a little, shift in the pocket, move out, throw the ball. It was, the percentages were 
it's much greater than I expected. So right. you got to move to play quarterback now in the NFL. Yep. All right. Good point. All right. Good. I'm sorry to keep it so long. No, that was no, good. You like, you like that? You, you think that Josh Rosen has I, a chance to? I, I mean, I, I thought it was a brilliant move by the Miami Dolphins. I'm with Dad. I mean, you know, it, it's not about whether Josh Rosen was worth their first round pick. He was worth their first round pick. It's the fact that everybody knew they were taking Kyler Murray. Yep. That lowers your value of the trade right away. So uh, I think it's a great situation for Rosen. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough, but I think it's great in Miami to go, oh, the 63rd pick, we traded away to see if we have maybe the franchise guy for the next, you know, five, eight years, however long it may be. Mm -hmm. And then maybe if it does work out, they don't have to use any of their assets because they get a lot of picks in next year's draft to maybe they don't have to put it towards a quarterback and they can right. build the rest of their football team. So I think that's why it's great for the Miami Dolphins. I'm with Dad on Rosen all the way. I like Rosen. It's not an indictment on him. But there's questions on that Miami team overall, sure. the talent around him, and I hope it's not so bad or less than that he can't show exactly what he is as a player. Can you well, the good the thing is you're, I think he'll have a system that's going to give him a chance. Yeah, right. That'll be really interesting to see how much they carry down from New England. Chad O'Shea, right, the yep. offensive coordinator, right. just to see what he does and – you know, look, New England does a lot of creative things, and it works. But, you know, when it comes down to it, they're good. Yeah. And so when you take good with creativity, you get Super Bowl victories. Right. And, uh, you know, so he can be as creative as he wants down there. If you can't do the simple things like, you know, that little just the everyday NFL plays, if you can't do those, it's hard to to do the other complementary stuff. So right. that'll be interesting. But – the other thing you say, and everybody goes on, oh, they kind of one-year experiment with him, and yeah. they don't like it. They can go, hey, let, let's be careful about talking about guys coming out of college. Like, oh, my God, they're going to save the franchise. Yeah, you right. Know, I'm not sure about that either. Yeah, so. you're not sold on tanking for Tua yet uh, or Jake from – you know, the, the, that conversation, you know, because there's been that's been out there. I, Dad, I, I'm with you. I don't know if I can sit here today, and I haven't studied the guy, but with Tua Tagovailoa, or Tag, I can never, Tua, let's just say Tua. 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 Yeah, Tua. Either way, I can't sit here and go, oh, I look at him and go, that's the first pick of the draft. I, you know, and again, I haven't studied him, and he impressed me more on crossover film throughout the draft yeah. process than I thought, but – I just don't see that type of talent. And maybe I'm wrong. And, he, again, he's a young kid, and he can improve this next year. And, and maybe I am wrong, and he ends up becoming the first guy. But the guy that jumped out to me was the guy at or Oregon, Justin Herbert. Oh, yeah. He yeah. is seriously the guy. But I just don't like how it's always, oh, the, the quarterback on the best team. You know, I'll, hey, I'll challenge the Georgia Jake Fromm. People are putting him in the conversation for, you know, these are the guys that have the best Vegas odds of being drafted in the first round. I don't see Jake Fromm as a first-round talent at all at this mm -hmm. point. Uh, I really – just because he's on Georgia and they're winning games. Look, hey, this just in. Georgia's got NFL players all over the field. So it's not just about one guy, nor is it like that way with Alabama too. So I, I just saying buyer beware. And a lot of people who are not qualified to be making these statements are making these statements right now to where we can't just believe them because, you know, they're an anchor on some sports highlight video show. Yeah, that's right. I, I think great points. Uh, the thing about Tua, he's an extremely accurate thrower, short and long. I love that about him. Yeah. But he's not Kyler Murray. Right. He's not going to move around even close to that. And I did watch the Alabama spring game, get a life fill. Um, <laughs> but I watched it, and, you know, he was still limping around. Yeah. He was still limping around. Now, his brother looked pretty good playing, and they got a redshirt freshman. I can't think of his name. Uh, last year, lit up the the – their spring game, and I'll tell you, he's a big-looking kid, and he threw the ball 
he threw the ball great. Mm. And I just go, man, Alabama, they're set at quarterback. If Tua goes down, you know, they talk about, oh, they lost last year's guy. Shoot, these these backup quarterbacks they got down there, they've got them ready and ready to go. Well, I know it's a spring game. Yeah. But I can judge talent when I see it. Yeah, we and know that. I saw the talent. I go, man, these are – these are Division One starting quarterbacks behind Tua down there. Well, one uh, of them being his brother. Well, yeah, I mean, and and to what Dad's saying, and I know we'll move off the subject either way. But that's another, you know, hey, well, who was the quarterback that Alabama benched? The the kid who transferred, um, J- Jalen. You know, Hurts, yeah, Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts, oh I yeah, mean, yeah, sure. When I people were first talking about benching him for Tua, you're gonna bench a guy that's been 24 and two in his college career. You know, okay, yeah, that sounds great when you say it like that. But does it sound as great when I go, there's a hundred quarterbacks you could have put at Alabama, and I promise you they would have been 24 and two just the same. So let's not always put the quarterback on the pedestal about, oh, they're winning, so the quarterback's got to be great. No, well, it's, it's you, freaking you, you Alabama. Made, they're going to win with just about anybody at quarterback. And, well, and the same more with Georgia. That. That's right. right. And, right. and you made a great point. I mean, how about this point? Yeah. And everybody goes, oh, this guy, he's just not a winner. And I go, well, oh, okay. Patrick Mahomes, how do you do down there in Texas? That's right. Yeah, he went, what did he go, 5-7? 5-7. and, seven five and seven. John yeah, Elway know, went 3-8 and eight his senior year, Dad. You know? What's that? John Elway went 3-8 and eight his last year at Stanford. Tell me how that worked out. You know? Did he really? He went 3-8 and eight his senior year? His last year, I'm pretty sure if somebody. I think his last year, I thought they had to win the last game of the year. The band game was that one of his? It might have been his last game. I wasn't think it? it was. They're looking it up right now, Fact so we checking. might be calling. Well, I think if checking. they won that game, they might have gone to their bowl, his only bowl game of his career. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. I might be. You might have to call bullshit. Either but way, I know like they weren't a national no, power that was look, winning you know, all the time. I'm not putting my name in any of that. I don't know what we did my senior year. <laughs> it wasn't good. I don't think. I think we were two six and two, right. or two and eight, so or there whatever. You go. Yeah. And you know, yeah, and you and you retired at top twenty and wins all time when you retired. Yeah, so, so yeah, I go. don't know. You know, all that again. I Josh Rosen. I, I talked to somebody yesterday about him. I said I'm just judging him. Okay. Yeah. I'm not judging the Arizona Cardinals and all that other stuff. I, I judged him when he was given a chance. He showed that he can really do it. So that, that's the end of that. Let's let's move on. Yeah, yeah. cool. Elway was five and sixes last year, so you were right. If they oh, if they won the band game in conference, it, three and five in conference. But yes, you were right. If they won the band game, he would have got to go a bowl game, and they didn't. So good memory by you. Um, I, I do want to go back into, into something that we were talking about before because okay. it involves a, a player that your dad played with, and right. Lawrence Taylor. We, yeah. One of the questions we were answering earlier was to Chris was if you could create the perfect pass rusher. What would he look like? What's his size? What's his skill set? Your son said 6'3", maybe 270 right now in today's game. Lawrence Taylor was 6'3", 235 when he was drafted. No, 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 no. He I told you he did this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, beefed up after that. But, I mean, is that – if yeah. you're looking at making, creating the ideal pass rusher, was it really just Lawrence Taylor? Was it was it all about what he brought? I, yeah, Dad, just so you know, I said the ideal pass rusher to me, it looks a little bit like a Lawrence Taylor or a Khalil Mack. That's the perfect picture of a guy I have in my mind. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, unless you're talking about something, the, the other end of that yeah. spectrum. You know, the tall, really long guy who still has enough speed and all those things to reach around whatever. Right. You know, I'm just trying to think of a good example. Simeon Rice. Uh, Simeon Rice, right. of course, was yeah. a great example for that. Jason but, Taylor. But, you know, 
what he he Christopher's explaining they have speed and power one because of their size and you know size sometimes a lot of times is a detriment right. you know to what you do you know you it's you know in the NFL we see it all the time you can be too tall to play quarterback you can be too tall to be a left tackle whatever right. even though we got a guy I think Colton Miller's was six foot was he six, six foot nine? nine yeah yeah he yeah. was but and, yeah and you're actually, right I thought he played pretty well last year. Right. Um, but so that that can be a detriment. But Lawrence Taylor and you know Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack's a little different. Not he doesn't have near the speed yeah. that Lawrence. Lawrence yeah. had great speed right from the start and the thing about him is he was the most pliable athlete. And you know what I mean by that? He could bend and contort and do whatever and never slow down. Right. He could have run a 40-yard dash, I think, dragging his left uh, hand on the ground and still ran 4-5. Yeah. I mean, right. you know, he could just bend that way. And right. That's what made him so great. And and the other thing is, for all of his troubles and all that, he he was an unbelievable competitor. And he never, you know, for a guy, <laughs> for a guy that never trained and did nothing or whatever, I said to him, I'd see him about once or twice during the off-season program. Yeah. He would come down and go, oh, man, what are y'all doing with those dumb weights? I'm going to go out and play golf <laughs> or whatever. But for a guy that he, he just conditioned to play football, he could do it from start to finish. He, now, I don't know if he well, – you would know better than me, Christopher. Did he ever take breaks and set out a series and stuff like that? It's really answer, rare, really rare. I don't rare. remember him doing it except my last year. Dan Reeves would sit him down every once in a while for lots of reasons. I feel but, like there's maybe a few years there in the like early 84, 85 where Andy Hedden might have got in the game a little bit and they might have given him a rest here and there, but it wasn't very often. Well, yeah, you know why they would do that because Andy Hedden probably would have started on 28 teams. Right. And in the NFL is an outside linebacker. Right, so right. How about the hit he had against the Dallas Cowboys? He runs over the quarterback, fumble, and I can't remember who picked it up. Maybe him, and they ran about 90 yards for a touchdown. This is a guy, hey, we had eight linebackers. They all were starters. It, that's why Bill Belichick to this day, if you start talking about linebackers, he'll bring up those giant teams with, with the depth, but, of course, yeah. the incredible talent. And I loved it this year. What they say? Oh, they were playing. They playing Khalil Mack, and he goes, "This is Lawrence Taylor we're talking about. This is Lawrence Taylor we're talking about." <laughs> so yeah, he let everybody know where he thinks uh, Lawrence Taylor deserves to be in that conversation. Other than that, I got to ask you this because the producer in my ears asked me, and I want to ask you this: We haven't talked about Reggie White as far as oh. great pass oh. rushers. Why don't sure. you just tell everybody what it was like having to play him twice a year, every year? And he did sack you more than any other quarterback he sacked throughout his career. Oh, yeah. You know, listen, and I would say probably probably three-quarters of those sacks, he would have got a penalty thrown on him because Reggie was the master of sacking you and falling on you. Right, dead body. And, man, right. he, he would pin your arms and take you down and lift them up on the way down, and it was – Hey, he he took me down. He took me down in a game we were winning yeah, at Giant Stadium right. in '88, yep. and it was right out of the book. What they it's one of the reasons why they put the rule in because he was knocking quarterbacks out right and left. Right. But Reggie White, it was a different time. Buddy Ryan had a defense that still people 
you know, look, had great talent. Um, my God, they, they had great talent in Chicago and Philadelphia. But the defense was unique still, that bare front. Yep. And so Reggie White, basically, no matter what you did, he was going to be one-on-one with somebody every play. Right. Mm. And Bart Oates, just think it, Bart and I laugh about it. We, I saw him not long ago. We were laughing. He goes, he goes I'm playing center, and they line up Reggie White against me. And he can go straight over me. He can go right or left. And he goes, I have no chance. And he goes, most of the time he just ran me over because I was so worried about a rip move, you know, move yeah, either way. Right, right. And I just go, gosh, you know, you're right, Bart. We did. We would single you up all the time. And here was our protection scheme for the week. I'm in back there with the Eagles. Right. Okay, men, here's what we're going to do. We want big on big. And if there's one free guy, wherever Reggie lines up, go look for him. And that was it. <laughs> That's and, great. And, of course, what really ruined that, too, is what? What? Well, well I don't even know. What? Well, they drafted this Jerome guy from Brown. Miami. Yeah, Jerome oh, Brown. I had a few years say that. And so Bill Parcell says to me, Sims, our life is going to change here in a couple of days. I go, I'm thinking, what? You and me, what happened? And he goes, uh, he goes the draft. I said, well, what's the big deal? Man, these Detroit Lions, they're going to they're gonna screw us. They're going to draft. I forgot who it is. Right. Uh, a linebacker, I think, from UCLA or safety, something like that. He goes, the Eagles are going to get Jerome Brown. I go, oh, is he as good as they say? He goes, he's better than Reggie White. I, I just went, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Twice a year on turf. It was great. It was a great time. Reggie would hit you, knock me down. Jerome Brown would be with him. And they would pick me up. Slap me on the butt and and look me go. Come on now, hang in there. You can do it. <laughs> hang in there. And you know, and I thought, are they making fun of me, or they, do they are they giving me some credit for hanging in here and taking this beating that they're giving to you? So right. uh, it, it was pretty amazing. But Reggie White, besides Lawrence Taylor, to me, is the greatest defensive player in history. Right. I, I really mean that. He was. He could have been, if he just wouldn't have got so big, he'd have been a running back in the NFL. Right. Wow. Just so, yeah, he's a freak of nature. He, he, was, he was really way ahead of his time, which there's many players that are. You look back at the Minnesota, some of those defensive linemen, you know, even the Steelers. So they just had guys that were, they were like 10 years ahead of what right. everybody else was in right. the NFL physically. Right, so. right. And that's we got any other yeah. questions? No, yeah. that was that's, it, man. You the man. That's it? That, yeah, that's well, it. Well, yeah, we have well, a few more. We, but. We, got, we got more. I mean, you want to hang around? You want one more? Yeah, we, give, me, give me something good. Okay, okay well, go ahead. I mean, me. you, you know I'm coming on. Give me something, to, All give right. me something good to work with here. Okay, I got I got. Well, there's one about the coaches who could get the ax this season. No, from he doesn't. I'm just saying, okay, well, whatever. All right. Where do we leave off? Ask the next question. What was the next one? The next one was about the Jacksonville Jaguars, Okay, let's ask. The Graham of Cam was asking about uh, why don't the Jags get more creative with their defensive schemes given the personnel they have. Ooh. So he's a little upset that the, the Jaguars, because they are so good, you will often compliment yes. them, Chris. But he thinks they should be better. They should get more creative because of all the great talent they have. Go ahead, Big Phil. Who asked this question? The Graham of Cam. The Graham of Cam. The Graham of Cam. You know yeah. what? Graham of Cam, you are, you're smart. Ooh. <laughs> and I love what you're thinking. Yeah. You know, listen, you take talent – and give them something that's creative, and you get greatness. And then you become the 85 Bears or teams that's like right. Your, right, right. 
You yeah. know, you know, the New England isn't sitting up there just going, we're going to get in one formation and run this every play. Right, They're right. giving you 9,000 different looks and everything, and just like any really great team is going to do on either side of the ball. But then you and, get some people that go, you know, our players are better than your players. We're just going to line up and we're just going to beat you. You know, we're, yeah. just, we're not going to – we don't need to out It's a dangerous you. way to live that way, We though. don't need to outthink you. We just need to line up our right. guys against your guys. And you know what? It's a great – that's a great point, but it is the NFL – and the great Jaguar defense and their great team and all that, what they do last year. Yeah. And, and it really was on both sides of the ball. There's many reasons. But the defense gets worn out because of the offense, whatever. So that'll change. Right. You know, uh, they're going to have a better system. And, of course, Nick Foles is going to help them. He gets rid of the ball. He's an accurate thrower. They'll be able to hit guys that were open down the field, things like that. That's going to change. But I don't care. When you have great – when you have a talent – exploit it and make it better. Yes. That's what coaches have to do. And, and and yes, I I really I look at certain teams. I was looking at something as I was watching all these tapes about trying to watch quarterbacks. I'm thinking I'm watching San Francisco, Jacksonville. It was amazing. I think about it. San Francisco, Jacksonville, Atlanta, all giving up these big plays and I just went, "Yeah, okay. Everybody knows how to beat it." You know, even no matter you get this great talent, when they know your system inside out, which everybody does, yeah. and they know the weaknesses, they're going to catch you with them. Yes. And what's amazing, they could be by the same concepts. All the time. Not every week, but yeah. just about every week. Right. And because somebody gives it a different look and, you know, it's just – so, yeah, be creative. Creativity, creativity with talent, and like I said, that's when you get that's when you get greatness. Yeah, so. no, I think that's a, a really good point you make. Yeah, it's the Seattle scheme. You, you, Seattle, Seattle was awesome. Their coaches went everywhere, and there's seven or eight defenses in football that run that scheme now. Yeah, I know. You, well, you, continue you know, to... the Chargers are another one. You right. know, they got they, you know, they got some really good talent, and, and but they they too, even though they got beat up and they had to play a different defense a little and all that at the end of the year last year, whatever. Still, just just not enough and and the systems in the NFL on the offensive side are too good they 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 have more plays and the the rules of course all that stuff I think that's another reason no matter what your talent level is you got to be creative yeah that's right I I agree with them there I mean yeah I mean Jacksonville's going to get away with it against some of the lower class teams in the NFL it's not going to matter you're right they're going to walk on the field on and they're going to be the better team and they're going to screw you this is what we do doesn't matter we're better that's great but the goal is not to win those games the goal is to be able to beat New England in New England in the AFC championship game or whatever it may be to where if you think you're going to line up in the same defense all game long I don't give a damn if you got 11 all pros out there if you're going to do the same thing all game long Belichick Brady McDaniels they're going to pick it apart eventually right. and we've seen that whether it was the AFC championship game it was 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter they got in the group or the many times New England played against the same defensive scheme Seattle in the Super Bowl they did it they Brady picked them apart oh he played Atlanta Seattle defensive scheme in the Super Bowl bam he picked it apart because it's just the same thing over and over and the quarterback can line walk to the line of scrimmage and go oh okay they're in this defense oh I know their rules here they're gonna have trouble right. stopping this part of our play right here and then they get attacked as long as you have a good quarterback who's smart and throws the ball accurately and makes good decisions, right. it's just too easy to pick the apart. Summit, yeah, yeah I mean, he made a great point. What happens is you can only, only overrun the other side for so long. Sure. And sooner or later, 
you get used to it, you adapt to their talent, and they tire out a little bit. Yeah. And you think about that Seattle-New England game. Tom Brady's first eight passes or whatever, I, I don't think they went past the line of scrimmage. Right, right. Because they were just going, let's make them run a little, let's get them side to side, let's tire them out, yeah. you know, get our guys in a groove, and, you know, whatever. And then slowly, the same with Atlanta, let's keep going. Atlanta, yeah. I was there sitting in the stands screaming, call a timeout. <laughs> Because, you know, my son was on the team practice squad, and so he's there on the sideline. And I, Atlanta, you know, there's a rule. There's no rule that says you can't call a timeout to rest your defense. I know. And I, I thought that was one really big error in that game. Atlanta should have used the timeout maybe two. At the end of o- overtime or the end of regular regulation. Yeah, both time. Right. Especially in overtime. In yeah. overtime, it looked like, Gosh, if there had been a betting window next to me, I would have bet a lot of money for real that New England was going to walk down the field and score a touchdown. Yeah, so. right. All okay. right, big guy. You the man. Well, you guys, you, you know, you were you were okay today. Oh, thanks. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, appreciate yeah, we that. We need to be more creative with you to, so we can try to bring some more talent out. Okay. Um, you know, <laughs> that's you. what we strive. We strive for okay. If we get if we're above that, then we're pretty happy. So. Thank you. I, I hear you. So, <laughs> hey, you know that sounds like my life. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Look, have a great day. All right, Dad. All right. We'll All see, right, you, man. see you, man. Be good. Bill. It was good stuff, as as always from uh, from your dad. I think we got time for one more. Okay, you ready for yep. one more? Here. Cool. Yep. Um, and uh, I knew that would go along. I knew the, first of all some of the questions to be asked. And once you get on Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor with my dad, it was it's not going to end. It's not going to end. And I wanted him to say because he said this before many times. The Eagles teams he played at the end of the '80s with Jerome Brown and Clyde Simmons and Reggie White and all the great players. He has said publicly that those defenses were better than the 85 Bears. Now, that's a bold statement. Wow. I know, but he does. He, he, he stood by that before. Though. I know, but it was, of course, extremely talented. And, and, and hearing Reggie White sacking you, pinning your arms back and falling with his full weight, that's terrifying. Yeah. That no, is terrifying. I'm pretty sure. And I mean, Dad has been told by people in the league that he was certainly one of the reasons Reggie White dead fishing my dad that's what they call it, the dead fish rule where you kind of just you pick the quarterback up and let all your weight fall on the quarterback and that dad's talking about a 1988 game they're playing the eagles at home and he separated his shoulder on the turf field because reggie crushed him and uh, that was it for that game i would not survive i feel yeah, like no, I would i'm not amazed survive. sometimes with my dad die. that he's still in one piece and can talk and shoot hoops or do anything because he played in the most brutal era uh, of football with uh, with no rules of the quarterbacks, and then yeah. they played on astroturf, which I don't even know. Concrete with it's a little, concrete with a like a little bit like, of with, like it's it's a hard carpet. I don't even know yeah. what it is. Right. Um, CJ East says, uh, "Longtime homie here, Sims. What up, homie? Been listening to your stuff for about five years now. Thank My you, question, CJ. Yeah. Where is Blake Bortles ranked right now in your top seventy? Last uh, time I heard, he was in the thirties. Uh, I don't. Yeah. It, it's close. Okay, so for this, this is a good this is a good time to drop this. Okay. I'm going to be doing the the Sims quarterback power rankings, the Sims 40, something like that. Top it's coming 40. up soon. Yeah, I think it's going to come to top 40. Will he right. be in the top 40? It's going to be very close. Ooh. There was a point early last year, the way he played early on, I said, uh, hey, listen, I'm not going to be a jerk. I said, Blake Bortles, yeah. He's definitely moved up the rankings. Now, the 30s, I'm not sure if I can put him there. He's on my long list of players. Like, I have already started the formation of this list, and I have about 45 quarterbacks written down to get into that 40. 
and I'm not sure if he's going to make the list or not. Right. So you'll have to tune in to see. Okay. I'm going to say most likely no, he will not. Especially, you don't think he'll be in the top nah, I don't know, especially with some of the current crop of quarterbacks that came in. I, we have some guys there that I think are going to take a few spots from the veterans. Oh, okay. So how yeah. many How many of them? I can't leave some of these first-round you know, quarterbacks and some of these other guys off the table. I don't care that they haven't played yet. Daniel you know, Jones? I, Daniel I put Jones Patrick Mahomes on the top 30 quarterbacks in football the year before he started. Thank yeah. God I did because I just said, damn, he's got talent. And at the very least, he's better than some of these back-end or backup quarterbacks or some of these low-level starters. So I'm going to put some of these guys up there. Off the top of your head, yeah. how many do you think make it in that just got drafted into your top 40? Well, I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, three? I'm going to say that the the three first-rounders I think are definitely going to make it, and I'm going to probably put Drew Locke in there. The question is, does like maybe does a Jared Stidham or somebody like that who get drafted in the mid-rounds make it? Wow. I will think about it. I'm not going to. Okay. I'm not going to be bad. I don't care. I'm going to do my true evaluation and see You don't where care what anyone says. I don't really care what yeah. anyone says, no. Including Dan Marino, who you called dumb earlier no, today. I, no. I did not call him dumb. <laughs> damn it, I knew I was going to get in trouble for that damn comment. <laughs> on your own podcast, right? <laughs> yes, yes. You don't even have to wait for other people to react Sims to it. Sims ruining his own career <laughs> on his own podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, and finally, Frederick Leno, who do you think will win the UEFA Champions League? Liverpool or Tottenham? I'm rooting for Liverpool. I don't know oh, why. Are. I don't know about enough oh, about Tottenham. On. Sorry, I'm just rooting for Liverpool. I told you a month ago I became a lifelong fan. You said of that. Yeah. You did, but I don't know whether to believe everything that comes out of your mouth because yeah. your art can be very dry and sarcastic too. And you could say it with a very straight face to where I go, "Is he serious yeah. or, is he, or is he fucking with me?" Uh, for uh, the last three weeks, I've been all in on Tottenham. Rooting so. Liverpool. Rooting for Liverpool. Okay, all okay. right. Yeah, I, I am, and I'm a little, I'm a little bad with my soccer knowledge right now. It's a new job, NBC. I got a lot of stuff going on. I haven't paid well, attention to soccer. You know, like the third string lineman on uh, every exactly. single NFL team. Right. Can't know that. I can't know them all. Right. And I'm busy calling Dan Liverpool. Marino dumb. So. <laughs> so. Uh, okay. So we got yep. that. We got the. Uh, is, Premier- LeBron, is LeBron own part of Liverpool? Is it Liverpool or he owns part of? Or? I know the Red Sox own, but I don't know if it's LeBron that owns. I thought LeBron was be. in on one There's, of. It is. Okay. It okay. Is. Yeah. Good. LeBron does. Own. There's a lot of American interest in Liverpool. Yes, there a lot is, of American apparently. In a lot of the English Premier League teams, which, by the way, Championship Sunday yeah. for the Premier League, you have Liverpool and Manchester City both playing 10 Eastern. Yep. Everyone's playing at 10 Eastern, but it's it's head-to-head. They're separated by just a, a point a right point. now. Yeah. Liverpool has one loss. Right. All Premier League season. That's amazing. And they might not win. Yeah. That's... If they both win, if Manchester City wins and Liverpool wins, then Manchester City wins again. And when – what I know, like, Liverpool hasn't won it in, like, forever. How long are They've we talking? They've never won the Premier League They've title. never so won the Premier League? Since, when, since it's been the Premier League, right. it's, been a, it's been a while, but they've never won. They've won the top division before. Yeah. But since they called it the Premier League, they've never won it. Gotcha. Okay, so that's cool. All right. I'm, I'm, Man City's had enough success lately. I'm rooting for Liverpool to yeah, win that, last too. last year. The upstart team. I yeah, feels I, like I got that. Is. I'm all for that. Okay, cool. And uh, it's Mother's Day. This Is it this weekend? It's oh, Sunday. I know. I know. Okay. Yep. I don't know. I got to figure it out too. This is I got to get on my game here. We have so we had a lot more in the AMA. We'll yeah, have well, to we'll get them. to we'll it. Save them. We're gonna get to it. This, it's the off season, so there's not gonna be a lot of news all the time. So we're gonna visit the fans and again continue to send in questions. I don't give a damn how ridiculous they are either. Yeah. I like the fun ones. I no, really do. That one made so me uncomfortable. It was the a little uncomfortable. uncomfortable. I mean, yes. I mean, murder, marry, and, you know, having <laughs> sex with someone. I, that's a tough <laughs> decision, okay? Exactly. But uh, we got it done somehow. We did. Well yes. done. Thank you very much. Enjoy the weekend. Yeah, you too, dude. All right, Chris Sims on Button Podcast. You know where to find me. If you want to watch us, me, Ahmed, Ahmed Farid, uh, YouTube.com slash NBC Sports. 
Peace out, homies. Have a good one. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.